0: doing a background check we discovered something very 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 um, disturbing it's time for the creative real estate podcast your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by
1: ecospace.com now here's your hosts adam and jason welcome back to the creative real estate podcast where we uncover innovative strategies you won't hear anywhere else My name is Adam Adams. Today we have Bernard Ruiz in the house. Uh, He's going to be on the show and he's a CPA with Reshore and a private lender utilizing his 401k legally to invest in alternative assets that he can self-direct through checkbook control and get his money really working for him instead of it having to be tied up in the stock market. I'm excited to cover this challenge that Bernard has. Uh, he faced this challenge when he was private lending and how he got through it. So, you guys are going to learn exactly how he got through that challenge. We'll also discuss two of his deals in depth. Also.
0: Yeah. Great to be around in First League. Great to be on the show. Great to share my experience with the listeners. Uh, and my introduction to real estate came from, I'd say, two places. Uh, one is a professional and having clients uh, that invest in real estate. Uh, and secondly, from having friends, family, and acquaintances uh, that have dabbled in real estate and observing them, I've seen the, the incredible upside, the incredible potential that real estate presents to almost anybody out there. Uh, some of us can get involved actively, some of us passively, some of us get involved passively as a bridge to getting involved actively, uh, and that's what led me to it. And it's it's been great. And I encourage all my clients to, to get involved in real estate, whether they've got a business or they're, get, they're getting a W-2, they should get involved one way or another.
1: Awesome Bernard, really looking forward to this interview. So my first question is, of the three deals you've done, is that cash or is that using your retirement funds?
0: So it, it's a combination of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've put both private money in and the retirement accounts. We use uh, checkbook retirement accounts. We, we encourage our clients to the extent possible to use them. Uh, we use them ourselves. Uh, blending the money, actually mixing the f- private funds with the retirement funds is a bit tricky. Uh, okay. It's doable. Uh, we've actually brought other family members into these deals, which adds another level of complexity because as I'm sure you're well aware, there are prohibited transaction mm-hmm. rules. Uh, so, but we've, we, we've mixed it up uh, and we've tried to maximize and that being getting into deals, you need to have a certain critical mass of cash. Uh, although the deals that I've done have not been in my locale. I'm in New York City. Uh, private lending in New York City requires uh, institutional lenders usually. Yeah. Uh, but going out, uh, you know, to areas where you get more cash flow and the deals are more affordable. Uh, but even there, there's a threshold and it helps to pool funds.
1: What was the strategy you did on the one in North Carolina?
0: So that was actually a very, very tricky deal. It was a flip. It was a rehab, a fix and flip. I mean, everything seemed great. The, you know, the ARV checked out and you know, maybe we shouldn't take anything for granted um, on the podcast. Uh, so when we say ARV, we're referring to the after repair value. Um, you know, let's back up a couple of steps. <laughs> when you look at a, a private lending deal or any kind of lending deal, you've got to have your investment objective. Uh, so for some lenders they're actually hoping to foreclose on the property. Uh, And and that's maybe more prevalent, perhaps, you know, the real estate space, you'll find out with tax liens and tax deeds. uh, As a a private lender and somebody that's looking to be involved passively, you know, it's not what I was looking for. We're looking to have consistent checks coming in, um, giving us those 10 to 15% um, returns that beat the stock market any day. uh, And looking at the property as kind of, a last resort. That's security um, that gives us the ability, you know, to go out and do that deal and lend the money because we're you know we're comfortable, we're not gonna lose our money. So when when analyzing the deal, uh, you've got to figure out what you're lending against um, and the amount of security. So even though it's a it's a last recourse, it's a last resort, uh, you've got to think about that up front. So when you lend you don't want to be lending a hundred thousand dollars against a property that you could only sell for fifty because then you have very limited security. And again, you know, there's a risk. There are many factors. You may calibrate that. You may say, you've got a diversified portfolio. You may be ready to take on more risk and say, okay, for 20% interest and 10 points up front, I'll do that, Uh, but that's 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 not our strategy. So we're looking for security. So we have to assess what the property is worth up front at the initiation of the deal. Um, and what the anticipated value is going to be after it's rehabbed. And with this deal, everything seemed great. The ARV seemed good. But then, you know, doing a background check, we discovered something very, very, very um, disturbing. So the person doing the deal uh, actually had a criminal record. Uh, so th- that's something that's very troubling. And I'm not, obviously not going to provide any details about that, uh, but that makes you take a step back and want to restructure the deal and make sure you're really, really secure. And so, a couple of things that we implemented, uh, and, and these are things that you, you can do in any deal, uh, but they add to the frictional cost. And ultimately, you want to get the deal and you want the borrower. You know, to take your money. You know, you want you're looking for a win-win. Ultimately, this is supposed to be a win for the investment sponsor and a win for the lender. The, you know, the borrower's got a real estate deal. They've got to move quickly. They can't get money from the bank to do the kind of things that they want to do. They're mm-hmm. going to turn to your money. Yeah. And we're hoping we want to see the borrower get a 50% ROI even after paying um, the private lender fees. Um, yeah. That means it's a good deal for us. If it's a good deal for the for the borrower, it's a good deal for us. Uh, but so one of the things that, that were implemented is uh, we actually only f- advanced funds initially um, adequate to take it to the next step. So the rehab is broken out into phases uh, and you don't give them all the money up front. So if you know the after the ARV um, is, is $80,000 and you're going to lend them $60,000 rather than giving them all the funds up front, you say, okay, you've got to do the, the HVAC. Okay we're going to give you the money for the HVAC. When we see that that's done, we'll advance the funds for the next step. And this way you're able to kind of protect yourself. Uh, You know the value's there. Uh, Because if if you advance all those funds and and the borrower decides to drop the ball on you, you've got a property halfway across the country that you've got to fix up.
1: And you have a full-time job. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And that's, that's, that's exactly what we were looking for.
1: I have to ask, how well did you know this borrower? Was he your friend?
0: No, no, that wasn't, that wasn't somebody that I knew well. Um, and, and that, that's one kind of lending and you got to be comfortable with it. And, and I wouldn't say that that's something that everybody or anybody should do. It, it's a lot about your comfort level. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you control the funds though, you're able to take those, those risks, uh, you know, and, and contrasting this with, uh, you know, putting your money into a mutual fund, which again, everything has its pros and cons. Uh, but you know, when, when you're directing the funds, you can decide. What risks you want to take and you're willing to accept and you can implement these kind of strategies to mitigate those risks Um, And you can feel really really comfortable.
1: I appreciate you going over that It's a lot of good information for the two deals you have in connecticut. Which one is the most interesting?
0: Okay, so the waterbury deals I say are interesting from a different perspective Mm -hmm. Um, Those were much simpler and those were actually done with people that I know personally Uh, and so that's the sticky areas over there are more personal than technical. Uh, and, and I'd say that anybody that wants to explore private lending, the low-hanging fruit are the people that you know. Uh, the people that you know present the greatest opportunities, but they also present some of the greatest risks because if it doesn't turn out well, uh, Thanksgiving turkey is never gonna taste the same.
1: Bernard, I really appreciate you sharing all these details on your own investments with the listeners. I know you have a unique perspective to all this, especially as a CPA. I know there's a lot of listeners out there that have funds available like you did in their retirement accounts that can be self-directed into you know, interesting alternative assets like you have been doing. And I think it's great to hear that you've been doing all this while you have a full-time job. I want to hear more about some of the innovative strategies you're doing in your company. What, would that be all right with you to kind of switch gears?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay. So you're a CPA and you've done lots of strategies for your clients like checkbook control IRA, checkbook control 401k. And there's a lot, there is also a strategy that you're using on how to structure business entities. Isn't that correct?
0: Um, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, they all. The big thing is all these various pieces um, really fit together like a jigsaw puzzle, uh, and, and we saw a need to to bring it in house so that we can we can assemble these and in, in, in the optimal way. You know, you have oftentimes what you'll have is one fellow who's promoting investments, somebody else who's promoting a particular tax strategy, uh, and the accountant or CPA takes a kind of passive role. He's focused on the tax return and putting the numbers in there and not thinking about the bigger picture, or even if he'd like to, he doesn't have the tools uh, to do so and to implement it. So we brought this in-house to try to be able to give our clients a way to do things in a way that's optimal um, Mm -hmm. and to give us the broader picture. So what does that look like? So we we focus on, you know, there's the compliance piece, obviously, uh, and then there's the the tax strategy, investment strategy. And something that we, you know, that we focus on, we've kind of built out into a separate division are the entity formations and the self-directed retirement accounts. Uh, as CPAs, what we see oftentimes with our own clients uh, and with clients of other CPAs, uh, you know, and tax returns that we see from prior years, we see people, you know, year end, their tax preparer, CPA will say, it'll be good for your taxes if you put money into a SEP IRA. It'll be good for your taxes if you put money into an IRA. And then the money just sits there. Yeah, It, it does nothing. Uh, and, and, and it gets forgotten about. The CPA has done his job because the tax return looks better. Uh, but then those funds are not utilized and optimized. Uh, so we like to do is say, you can improve your tax return by using these strategies and then you can improve your overall financial plan by maximizing the value of these funds, putting them to real estate. Uh, and that varies. There are so many different ways to do it. Uh, and when we encourage our clients to learn. Private lending is one of the best ways to learn, though, because okay. you, can, you can get into that deal. You can see the deal uh, and people want to work with you. In, in real estate, capital is something that's needed. Uh, you're real estate, to. and everybody needs capital. And uh, whatever kind of deal you're doing, whether you're syndicating, whether you're doing a fix and flip, whether you're doing your small single-family rentals, everybody needs capital. Yeah. And if somebody's willing to provide capital, there's a certain kind of credit um, that you'll give them, and you'll work with them, uh, and they're entitled to. If they're putting money into the deal, um, as I said, they've got to see the deal to get comfortable with it. Uh, and I tell any private lenders. If the investment, investment sponsor doesn't want to give you visibility into the deal, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably not somebody you want to work with.
1: That's sound advice. Glad you brought that up. Next question I had for you. What would you say to someone who didn't believe that you could self-direct a
0: 401k? So that's unequivocally something that can be done. Um, and we encounter resistance to that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as part of the service that we provide, uh, you know, it's kind of end-to-end. It's not just setting it up, uh, our clients get checkbook control, which means they end up with having a bank account that they directly control from which they can write checks. So if they've got a quick deal to fund, they control it. There are no transaction fees. Uh, It makes it very cost efficient and very flexible. Now, one of the things that we help them with is getting the bank account opened. Mm -hmm. So we have some connections, some bankers that work with us and are happy to open these accounts. Uh, But we also give our clients the option of, open the account at any bank that they choose. And what happens inevitably is they'll walk into their local branch and they're gonna say, I-, I want to open up an account and they'll sit down with the banker and the bank will see something about IRA and say, oh, we've got to talk to the folks in our IRA department or our uh, you know their financial advisor. Yeah. And then they go over to financial advisor and he says, um, we want to open an IRA for you. And they try to explain that, no, I don't need an IRA, I just need a bank account. Or I'm. I don't need a 401k. I've got my own 401k plan. I just need a bank account, and this financial advisor will say this is illegal. You can't do this, yeah. um, and that's because they feel they feel threatened because these are these are funds that they want to take into their accounts um, and charge you fees for managing. Um, so we get a lot of resistance over there. But it, unequivocally, there's no question that that can be done.
1: Another large part of it is that some banks literally don't know that you're allowed to do it. For instance, I. I had a IRA representative in front of me the other day, and I was speaking with her um, just recently. And she, she said that she thought that I would go to jail. She said, you, there's no way you can um, put your retirement money into real estate. You're going to go to jail to do that. So obviously, there's a lot of misinformation going around, um, even in the reps that work for these companies that kind of leave them naive to the fact that they're able to do all of this. So how does your company help combat that?
0: So we, we try to do it, um, you know, to, to be efficient. We, we initially begin with, uh, you know, we've got a lengthy post on our website that kind of outlines everything the banker could possibly want to know. And yeah. we say, share this with the banker. Uh, if that doesn't work, we get on the phone and we talk to the bankers. Uh, and, and some banks are, are no go. And some banks are happy to do it. And some bankers, you just really got to get the right person or the right department. Uh, We've been dealing with some banks where one person will say, this can't be done. And and the other person will say, of course, we can do this. And and to take this even further, something really incredible that we've got, there's one bank, and and, um, on the podcast, I prefer not to use actual names of banks, but there's one bank that's a no-go, absolute no-go. But among our clients are compliance people that lead the compliance teams of those banks. So they're on the compliance team of those banks at their own bank where they lead the compliance team, they can't do it, but we have them set up at other banks. Each bank's got its own approach uh, and we've had bankers at some of these banks, you know, where they where they say, you know, we'll set it up for you. We know that, you know, the bank overall may not want to do it, but, but we'll do it, but we don't want to do that. We want to be all, all, you know, in the clear, with banks that are happy to set up this account, don't see it as a conflict with their other lines of business and are happy to take this kind of set up these kind of accounts and take this kind of business.
1: Excellent. This is a fun conversation. I could stay on call with you all day. I think I could learn quite a bit. I love all the content you're giving the listeners, but we are probably getting to the point where we need to, you know, get ready, wrap it up and move into the final five. But first, uh, would you have maybe one or two things you could share to the listeners, something that you think they need to hear?
0: Okay. The first thing, um, not unique um, to what I do, but I, I encourage everybody to get involved in real estate in one form or another. Uh, there are so many ways to do it. You can do it passively. You can do, get involved with syndicators uh, and, and a way to get into that. Uh, it can be life-changing. The opportunity that's there is—it's nationwide, and, and everybody should do that. That's the first key thing. Get involved in real estate, one form or another. Great. Uh, the second thing I'd say is, the way to do it uh, for many people is to use um, this—you know—the funds that you've got, maximize the value. Uh, Self-directed retirement accounts for many people provides the key into real estate. That's where their funds are tied up. Their funds are locked up and and you can use that to get in, get acquainted with the people in your neighborhood, get involved with the local REI, Uh, get with people that do deals. And the people that do deals are busy people finding deals, sourcing deals and moving deals along is very time consuming. But if they see that you're genuinely interested and you have something to offer them, Mm -hmm. they're very happy to work with you. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. We'll go
1: right into the final five after these messages. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. All right. Well, we've gone over a lot of creative stuff that you've done so far. So maybe my first question today should be, what's the smallest amount that you've seen somebody uh, invest from their retirement account and make a profit?
0: That's a, that's a tough one because the numbers can be, the numbers really do range from, $5,000 to several hundred thousand dollars, um, in terms of, you know, what you see. Uh, but I'd say the threshold begins, um, at $3,000, which for some people sound, may sound low, but it's really, it's really doable. Um, and the fees can be, you got The key is to do it in a way that's cost efficient, mm-hmm. um, and find, and, and usually when you're doing it, that kind of funds, people are looking to tax liens and deeds or pooling resources great great Yeah, i was
1: hoping to be able to inspire my listeners who might be there sitting on the sidelines saying i've only got three or five grand and i want to get in the game but i can't buy a house so i'm i'm glad that you shared that with my listeners um how low that you've seen people buy uh assets with a retirement account where were you five years ago and where will you be five years from today
0: five years ago starting a career um thinking about the traditional route and ironically uh when I got out of school, um, I, had, you know, I had actually had offers from the nation's largest and most prestigious accounting firms against no, no names mentioned, but, but the biggest of the biggest. And, and the route that I took is to be more entrepreneurial, um, figure out how to use my skills uh, to build a business and to help others in a way that's unique as opposed to kind of getting on that conveyor belt um, and following that you know, plain vanilla route. Uh, in five years, uh, I'd say I love what I do, but I am currently looking for some larger real estate deals. And who knows? You know, we find those deals. We if we do well on those deals, those are just game changers. Absolutely. What's
1: a book you recommend?
0: This is not a real estate book. The Drunkard's Walk by okay. Leonard Maladino, uh, and I'll briefly tell you what that what what the key takeaway that book is. It can be Please. kind of technical. It's about statistics and randomness, um, a lot of very technical stuff. The real key takeaway of the book, and it's the final chapter, is that life presents so many opportunities for those that pursue opportunity. If you chase opportunity, you're going to strike gold somewhere. You have to keep rolling that dice. Keep rolling those dice. Um, If you don't roll the dice, you're not going to get anywhere. Roll them as many times as you can, and things will happen.
1: Sounds like a cool book, The Drunkard's Walk. Uh, How do you give back?
0: Um, like a couple different ways. One of the things that we like to do is among clients, um, and not even amongst clients, making connections between people. Uh, you know, we deal with lots of people, and people are looking for things, people looking for different, people looking for deals, people looking for advice. If we can make those connections, we make them.
1: Okay, and how do people find you or your company?
0: So, the, the two great ways to do that, one is our website which is 401kcheckbook.com, as in 401k plan. So 401kcheckbook.com. And I'll provide my direct email address, which is bernard at resurefinancial.com. That's R-E-S-U-R-E financial.com.
1: All right, your website and your email are now in the show notes so the listeners can get a hold of you. Thank you for being such a great guest on the show.
0: Adam, thank you. Great being here. Look forward to being in touch. Take care.